Welcome to Life Words Day by Day. Several years ago, I was in the middle of a spiritual battle. It was intense, and I was so drained that I called upon a friend and asked if we could get together to pray. It seemed like nothing I was doing ministry-wise was benefiting this particular situation. I remember sitting with my friend. I remember praying and crying and pouring out my frustration and angst and desperation to God. It felt like the devil himself was jumping up and down on the middle of my chest laughing at me. And I began to wonder, is this worth it? Is ministry worth the heartache, worth the pain, worth the disappointment, the struggle, worth the toll that it takes on me and my family? And I'm wondering if you've ever been there as well. Have you ever been at a place in your life where you've been asking the question, is all this really worth it? Is this marriage worth fighting for? Is this life that I'm living worth living? Is pouring into this kid at school worth the effort? Is ministry worth the cost? And if you have been asking those questions, what is it that pushes you forward? What is it that keeps you persevering? CBS News anchor Dan Rather, who boxed in high school, said his coach's greatest goal was to teach his boxers that they absolutely positively, without question, had to be get-up fighters. He said, if you're in a ring just once in your life, completely on your own, and you get knocked down, but you get back up again, it's a never-to-be-forgotten experience. Your sense of achievement is distinct and unique, and sometimes the only thing making you get up is someone in your corner yelling at you. Well, today, I want to introduce you to three voices that we'll talk about over the next couple of days that we can listen for that yell to us, get up, fight the good fight, and keep running the race of ministry. One of the great things about studying the book of Acts is that in many cases, we get two perspectives on the same event. The book of Acts is written by Luke, who was with Paul on many of the events and travels that are recorded, so he served as an eyewitness. The rest of the events are in a historical account that Luke has put together from other eyewitnesses. But what's interesting is that in many of these situations, we get, we get Luke's historical account and also Paul's insight into the same situation. This is because after Paul visited each of these places, he wrote letters to many of them to give an update on how he was doing and to address any concerns or questions within that particular church and also to find out how they were doing. So in our text today, we not only have the account of Acts 18 given to us by Luke, but we can also study 1 Thessalonians and 1 and 2 Corinthians and Philippians and get inside the mind of Paul. And when we do that with this text, we quickly realized that Paul was in the boxing ring of ministry and he had been knocked down and was wondering, is it worth it to get back up and keep slugging away? In Paul's mind, there was this rejection and there was this growing sense of, am I having any impact? So listen to Paul from 1 Thessalonians chapter 3. He says, Therefore, when we could bear it no longer, we were willing to be left behind at Athens alone. And we sent Timothy, our brother and God's co-worker in the gospel of Christ, to establish and exhort you in your faith that no one be moved by these afflictions. 
For you yourselves know that we are destined for this. For when we were with you, we kept telling you beforehand that we were to suffer affliction, just as it has come to pass, and just as you know. For this reason, when I could bear it no longer, I sent to learn about your faith for fear that somehow the tempter had tempted you and our labor would be in vain. But now that Timothy has come to us from you and has brought us the good news of your faith and love and reported that you always remember us kindly and long to see us as we long to see you, for this reason, brothers, in all of our distress and affliction, we've been comforted about you through your faith. Have you been there? You see, I believe that God has called each of his children to do something beyond themselves for his glory, something that they could never do in their own strength or wisdom or courage. And for many of you, you have a sense of that calling, whether it's to join a ministry, to begin discipling someone else, to write a book, to make a change in the way that you raise your family, to become a missionary, to start a ministry. I don't know what it is, but you know what it is. And usually when we hear that call in our lives, we also start hearing something else there's this whisper that begins to linger in our ears and it says, you can't do it. No one will come. You will be rejected. People will not take you seriously. You will fail. You will be wasting your time. Or you may be in the middle of something, a ministry, a project, and, and you begin to get beaten down with doubt. In those moments, you need someone yelling in your corner. You need some encouragement. You see this with Paul. Paul has just left Athens, perhaps a little disappointed that he didn't get quite the response he was hoping for. And then he walks right into another major city, Corinth. And we know that he was somewhat deflated because he writes to the church at Corinth that I was with you in weakness and in fear and in much trembling. Where Athens was the city of the intellectually elite, Corinth was the city of the immoral elite. It was a consumer's paradise. All the major trade routes for that part of the world went through Corinth. We say it was the home of the immoral elite because the Corinthians worshiped the goddess of love, Aphrodite, and the temple of Aphrodite was filled with thousands of prostitutes who would spill out into the streets to ply their trade. So notorious was this place that to Corinthianize meant to act in a sexually immoral way. And so Paul did what he normally did. He went to the synagogue Sabbath after Sabbath and preached the gospel. And it was during that time that Paul received some much-needed encouragement from the Thessalonians. There's someone around you right now that needs some much-needed encouragement in the Lord. They need to be reminded of the Lord's strength, of the Lord's wisdom, of the Lord's power and faithfulness. Will you be that voice to them? When you pray today, please remember our missionary staff. They need encouragement. Remember John David Smith, Eric Johnson, Larry Barker, and their families. Also, remember our LifeWords staff, Donnie Parrish, Holly Merriweather, Rick Russell, John Dodson, Luis Ortega, and Ellen Silent.